0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from a book called The Private Key to Heaven, written by Thomas Brooks. Thomas Brooks was the English nonconformist preacher and writer. He died in 1680. Uh, Mr. Brooks is giving us 11 words of counsel about prayer, private prayer, and this would be the sixth one, Be Fervent, Be Fervent. My sixth advice and counsel is this, be fervent and be warm and be importunate with God in all your closet duties and performances. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, or as the Greek hath it, the working prayer. That is, such working prayer as sets the whole man on work, as sets all the faculties of the soul and all the graces in the soul at work. The word signifies such a working as notes the liveliest activity that can be. Certainly, all those usual phrases of, of crying, wrestling, and striving with God, which are scattered up and down in Scripture, do strongly argue that holy importunity and sacred violence that the saints of old have expressed in their addresses to God. A fervency feathers the wings of prayer and makes them fly the swifter to heaven. An arrow, if it be drawn up but a little way, flies not far, but if it be drawn up to the head, it will fly far and pierce deeply. So, a fervent prayer flies as high as heaven, And will certainly bring down blessings from thence. Cold prayers bespeak a denial, but fervent prayers offer a sacred violence, both to heaven and earth. Look, as in a painted fire there is no heat, so in a cold prayer there is no heat, no warmth, no omnipotence, no devotion, no blessing. Cold prayers are like arrows without heads, as swords without edges. As birds without wings, they pierce not, they cut not, they they fly not up to heaven. Such prayers as have no heavenly fire in them do always freeze before they reach as high as heaven. But fervent prayer is very prevalent with God. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing. The Greek word here signifies instant prayer, earnest prayer. A stretched out prayer. Prayer stretched out upon the tenders. Those were the hooks for stretching cloth out on a frame. These gracious souls did in prayer strain and stretch themselves as men do that are running in a race. They prayed with all the strength of their souls and with all the fervency of their spirits. And accordingly they carried the day with God, as you may see. In the following verses, unto which promises our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night, Acts 26, or rather, as the Greek hath it, in a stretched out manner, serving God day and night. These twelve tribes, or the godly Jews of the twelve tribes of Israel, stretched out their hearts, their affections, their graces, to the utmost in prayer. In all your private retirements, do as the twelve tribes did." Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, Romans twelve eleven. The Greek word signifies seething hot. God loves to see his people zealous and warm in his service. Without fervency of spirit, no service finds acceptance in heaven. God is a pure act and he loves that his people should be lively and active in his service. Continuing instant in prayer, Romans 12.12, it is a metaphor from hunting dogs that will never give over the game until they have got it. Now that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, Romans 15.30, strive as champions strive, even to an agony as the word imports. It is a military word and notes such fervent wrestling or striving as is for life and death. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers, Colossians 4.12. The Greek word here uh, signifies to strive or wrestle as those that do strive for mastery. It notes the vehemence and fervor of Epaphras' prayer for the Colossians. Look, as the wrestlers do bend and writhe and stretch and strain every joint of their bodies that they may be victorious, so Epaphras did bend and writhe and stretch and strain every joint of his soul, if I may so speak, that he might be victorious with God upon the Colossians' account. And So when Jacob was with God alone, ah, how earnest and fervent was he in his wrestlings with God. He wrestles and weeps and weeps and wrestles. He he tugs hard with God. He holds his hold. He will not let God go until, as a prince, he had prevailed with him. Fervent prayer is the soul's contention, the soul uh, struggling with God. It is a sweating work. It is the sweat and blood of the soul. It is a laying out to the uttermost all the strength and powers of the soul. He that would gain victory over God in private prayer must strain every string of his heart. He must, in beseeching God, besiege him and so let get the better of him. He must be like importunate beggars that will not be put off with frowns or silence or sad answers. Those that would be masters of their requests must, like the importunate widow, press God so far as to put him to an holy blush, as I may say with reverence. They must with an Holy impudence, as Basil speaks, Basil the great, the the bishop of Caesarea. Make God ashamed to look them in the face if he should deny the importunity of their souls. Had Abraham had a little more of this impudence, saith one, when he made suit for Sodom, it might have done well. Abraham brought down the price to ten righteous, and there his modesty stayed him. Had he gone lower, God only knows what might have been done, for God went not away, saith the text, until he had left communing with Abraham. That is, until Abraham had no more to say to God. Abraham left over asking before God left over granting. He left over praying before God left over uh, reducing. And so Sodom was lost. Oh, the heavenly fire, the holy fervency that was in Daniel's closet prayer. O Lord, hear, he said. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. Look, as there be two kinds of antidotes against poison, hot and cold. So there are two kinds of antidotes against all the troubles of this life. Fervent prayers and holy patience. The one hot, the other cold. The one quickening, the other quenching. And Holy Daniel made use of them both. Fervency to prayers as the fire was to the spices in the censer, or as wings to the bird, or as oil to the wheels, and this Daniel found by experience. God looks not for any uh, James with uh, horny or calloused knees through assiduity, that is constancy, of prayer, nor for any Bartholomew with a century of prayers, a hundred of them for the morning and as many for the evening, but for fervency of spirit in prayer, which alone carries all with God. Feeble prayers like weak pangs go over and never bring a mercy to the birth. Cold prayers are stillborn children in whom the Father of Spirits can take no pleasure. Look, as a painted man is no man, and as painted fire is no fire, so a cold prayer is no prayer. Such prayers never win upon the heart of God that do not first warm our own hearts. As a body without a soul, much wood without a fire, a bullet and a gun without powder, so are all prayers without fervency of spirit. Luther terms prayer the gun or cannon of Christians or the Christian's gunshot. The Hottest Springs uh, Send forth their waters by ebullitions, is the word he uses, that is, boiling or bubbling. Cold prayers make a smoke, a smother in the eyes of God. Lazy prayers never procure noble answers. Lazy beggars may starve for all their begging. Such as have a male in their flock and offer to the Lord a female, such as offer to the Lord the torn and the lame and the sick, such as turn off God with their cold, lazy, sleepy, and formal devotions are condemned, cast, cursed by God, Malachi 1. David compares his prayers to incense, and no incense was offered without fire. Fire was what made the smoke of it to ascend. It is only fervent prayer that hits the mark and that pierces the walls of heaven, though made of brass and iron like those of Gaza. While the child only whimpers and whines in the cradle, the mother lets it alone. But when once it sets up its note and cries outright, then she runs and takes it up. And so it is with a Christian. This poor man cried, Psalm 34, 6. There is his fervency. He cried. But it was silently and secretly in the presence of King Achish, as Moses did at the Red Sea, and as Nehemiah did in the presence of the king of Persia. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles, Psalm 34. Here is his prevalence. So Latimer plied the throne of grace with great fervency, crying out, Once again, Lord, once again, restore the gospel to England. And God heard him. Hudson, the martyr, deserted at the stake, went from under his chain. And having prayed fervently, he was comforted immediately and suffered valiantly. I have read of one Giles of Brussels, a Dutch martyr, who was so fervent in his prayer, kneeling by himself in some secret place of the prison where he was, that he seemed to forget himself. And being called to his food, he neither heard nor saw who stood by him until he was lifted up by the arms. And Then he would speak gently to them as one awaked out of a trance. And so uh, Gregory is speaking of his sister Gorgonia, saith that in the vehemence of her prayer she came to a religious impudence with God so as to threaten heaven and tell God that that she would never depart from his altar until she had her petition granted. Let us make it our business to follow these noble examples as ever we would. So um, prince it in prayer as to prevail with God. An importunate soul in prayer is like the poor beggar that prays and knocks, that prays and waits, and prays and works, that knocks and knits, that begs and patches and will not stir from the door till he has his alms. Well, friends, remember this. God respects no more lukewarm prayers than he doth lukewarm persons. and They are such that he hath threatened to spew out of his mouth. Those prayers that are but lip labor Our lost labor. And therefore, in all your closet prayers, look to the fervency of your spirits. Amen, Thomas Brooks. Thank you so much. And thank you all for being here listening. I encourage you to continue to look around the site. We have 3,500 audios, that surely one of which will bless you. Do look around. We have the church's great preachers. Persecution stories from North Korea in English now. We've taken the Korean ones off. We'll talk about that another time. Bible studies on a number of subjects and a blog. If you want more fellowship, consider buying one of my books at Amazon.com or contact me at bob.j.falconer.72 at gmail.com. and I'll share details of our Saturday evening Zoom meeting for men and our Tuesday noon meeting for men and women. Well, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on the 26th of May, uh, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.